Welcome to a new episode of NY Just Fans with your host, Davin and Kyle. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Just Fans Podcast as we come to y'all with another episode. Um, training camp is finally here. We're very excited for that. Um, right now, we got our special guest, Jets Guru host and Jets Frenzy on YouTube host, Krista. What's going on, Krista? How you doing today? Hey, I'm doing good. Thank you so much for your time and for having me on today. Yeah, we we definitely appreciate it. I know we had had you on a few episodes, so just because it's you know the season get ready to start soon, you know it's very good to have you on. Thank you. I I always look forward to talking Jets football with you guys. Yeah, that's definitely. Um, so before we get into the Marcus May drama. Um, how, how do you feel about the Jets off season and how, and how, and and if you give them a grade, what would you give them and why? I love what they're doing so far. I love the free agent moves. I know a lot of people were kind of impatient at first, what Joe Douglas was doing. I wanted Joe Tooney, but unfortunately he went to the Chiefs and I really can't blame him, but like uh, Dan and I talk about in Jets Guru, I think uh, Joe Douglas has really learned from the past free agent when he p- overpaid a lot of these offensive linemen and they didn't work out. So mm-hmm. I really like what he was doing. I like that he drafted Becton and paired him up by drafting Alavera Tucker, trading up to get him. I thought that was an outstanding move to protect Zach Wilson. I like Zach Wilson. I also like Justin Fields heading up to the draft, but I think Zach Wilson fits our offense and fits what we want to do. And uh, my favorite pick out of the draft besides Zach Wilson was the Elijah Moore draft. I think that was a home run pick. I, I thought it was quite amazing that he fell to the second round because watching him at Old Miss, I believed he had first round talent. I know the knock on him was that they felt like he was primarily a slot receiver. But when I watch this guy play, I see a guy that's a playmaker that can play pretty much everywhere. And I think he's going to be a very good weapon with uh, Zach Wilson. And I also like what they did on defense, getting Carl Lawson, even though he went to Auburn. But but my (laughs) bias aside, I really like Carl Lawson. He fills the void of the pass rusher. And I like the underrated moves that they made. They had uh, Sheldon rankings. I think that's kind of a move that's been under the radar. And uh, Vinnie Curry, I think we have a very good uh, defensive line. Probably not to toot my own horn, but I think we probably have one of the best defensive lines. We have Quinn Williams. And I think he, having Carl Lawson there is going to help free out Quinn Williams. That's why I really, really like the move with Carl Lawson because we haven't had that pass rusher in ages. And the fact Agreed. that Carl Lawson's able to get to the quarterbacks and to do wonders on our defense since we don't have uh, currently any good cornerbacks on the backside. But what I like what Joe Douglas did in the draft is that he drafted a lot of versatile guys. He drafted Nazaldeen. He drafted Sherwood. I know a lot of these guys also play other positions, but I think they have a key role on this defense. And I know that uh, we have a huge need on uh, – linebackers so I think it's good that he drafted a lot of these versatile players that could move around I think the draft was a home run for me I like the pick I like the Michael Carter pick I doubt that pick was outstanding especially since the kind of offense everyone I think it's important to have a a good back and I think Michael Carter and Ty Johnson is going to be a very good one-two punch I like Talvin Coleman but he kind of gets hurt a lot and I think having those two young guys behind them 
is going to do wonders. And overall, if I had to give a grade, I'd probably say a B plus. I really like what Joe Douglas is doing so far. There's some moves that I kind of disagree with, but overall, I think he's done a good job protecting Zach Wilson, doing everything possible to surround him with talent and doing everything possible to uh, get more talent on this team. And for me, it's just the fact of the matter is that that's a solid, that's actually a good solid grade uh, um, because of the fact of the matter is that, you know, we we don't know what to expect from the linebackers and the um, the cornerbacks, especially the ones that uh, Joe Douglas um, drafted. And I know Kyle has a favorite, um, oh. but and I know he'll speak on, I know he'll speak on that in a second, but you know, my thing, my thing is, is that, um, you know, with, with the moves that's being made and Gay's not being the coach and Salah's being the coach, I feel like there's, there's more positivity in with the Jets fans than what it was last year. Yeah, definitely. Go right ahead, Kyle. Yeah, I would say for the, for the most part that I agree definitely with a lot of, um, with uh, Chris has said in regards to, you know, some of the individual um, pickups they got, um, especially with the draft. As I said, for me, uh, there was, there was two players, I guess, like in terms of how they got them, which I would have, there was two people I should say I would have preferred in these spots. Like for example, um, uh, the combination, I know they got um, Michael Carter running back and then I think it was Sherwood was um, the next pick. And for me, I actually would have preferred them to have used the pick um, four to get Jabril Cox. And then with the fifth pick, um, pick up uh, Kenneth Gainwell, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, at the end of the day, like I said, from what I've, you know, seen from the guys that they picked, um, I was fine, you know, uh, you know, after the fact, like I said, those guys were just, you know, more of, of favorites to me. Um, but, you know, all being that said, they did pick up one of my favorites in, in Nazaldine. And, you know, so I was definitely happy with that pick because I said, when they picked up Sherwood, I was like, well, why would you do that? You know, Nazaldine is better than the next round they ended up getting him. So I was like, okay, fine. You got my guy. You know, um, I'm, I'm good. With, I'm good now. <laughs> Right. So, so, you know, now that you gave us the grade and everything, um, let's, let's move on to the Marcus May drama, which is very much drama that I don't think that we, we expected. Um, I know that Marcus May is playing on the franchise tag for 10.6 million. Um, for what what's being said or what's being heard is that, um, what, what was it? Uh, Joe Douglas offered them 20% less than the 10.6 million. So we're going to say about over eight million, and then Marcus May and his team came back with they wanted twenty percent more, which was twelve, twelve over twelve million, and saying that before even free agency start that they was getting offers higher than what Joe Douglas was getting. Um, how do y'all feel about Chris? I'm gonna start with you. How do you feel about Marcus May not getting the deal? Marcus May and JD not getting the deal done. Honestly, I'm, I know this might be a little controversial because I know a lot of people are, are okay with it based on my uh, based on the Jets Twitter world that I'm following, but yeah. I don't like not getting a deal done with Marcus May. I feel like 
he's been the MVP for the Jets. He's been a leader on the field, off the field. I know a lot of people talked about him being injury prone, but he's played 16 games. If you look at the stats, he's been pretty healthy for the most part. He did, he does get banged up here and there, but who doesn't? He plays most of the defensive snaps. He, he was, I believe he was second on the team in tackles. He had like 88. He's all, I know a lot of I know a lot of people say he's not a strong safety, but he's a free safety. He covers the back ends. He does all the things that you like him to do, and he's been, he's very he's a guy that's very vocal. He's the guy that uh, when Greg Williams called the play uh, that cost the Jets to lose. I know that's controversial. A lot of people back then really wanted Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> the first person that spoke up was Marcus May. And for me, the fact that Marcus May was able to speak up, it showed to me that he really cares. He cares about the team. And to me, that kind of shows what kind of guy that he really is. And I know a lot of people might say I, I have my emotions put onto this, but this guy's been the MVP. I know he's 28. And, and to me, so what? There's a lot of players that show that can play beyond their age. And Marcus May, I, I just, I'm just not for it. I, this is the one move that I disagree with uh, Joe Douglas. I, I really think that, uh, the judge should pay him because I'd hate to lose him. I hate to see him go on another team after the franchise tag. Yeah. Go right ahead, Kyle. You got you got something you want to say about the Marcus May drama? Yeah, I would at this point, um, I said I'm kind of somewhat disappointed that uh, a deal wasn't, you know, struck to to sign them, you know, for multiple years. But from a business aspect of it, I I totally understand, and it's you know for two reasons. Um, one, the fact, okay, yes, he's he's 28, about to be 29. So if you was to sign him for anything more than two years, you're talking about him possibly getting, you know, 12 to 13 million, you know, over that time per year, and that I'm not sure is you know something that, you know, they are you know, willing to put forth financially right now because you're going to have um, certain key guys that, you know, like the uh, Quentin Williams that's, you know, going to be due a contract soon. And, you know, I don't know if they want to commit that type of money, you know. Um, and then there's the other aspect of, though I, I do think that he's, you know, flat out, great overall football player is yet to see what he's going to be and how he's going to contribute under this new defense. You know, um, we don't know exactly uh, how Salas is going to use him and how productive he's going to be. So um, knowing that Salas is definitely going to be here for, you know, the next, you know, four or five years or whatever. Um, I don't know if you want to commit the, that type of money to a guy that for whatever reason, though he might be a good football player all around, might not um, be as productive as you want him to be in the new system, you know, that he's going to be running. Um, not to mention that you uh, also drafted and have um, one already guy that you, um, you know, drafted from the year before in terms of from the safety position with, you know, with Sherwood, Nasladeen, and Davis, you know, mm. I I can see them, you know, just waiting to see what, 
type of productivity they get out of him in this year and then, you know, hopefully make a decision next year if he's not, you know, salty about not getting the deal this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is a very interesting uh, situation because what if he does do good in this defense? Do you take that chance and give him another franchise tag, which will be more frustrating for him? Because this really seems – because. From what the uh the new CBA, I think I think they get like what two more franchise tags on the on the play, like two or three. Which one is it? Um, I'm not sure. I thought it was um, I thought it was two. I thought okay. they were able to do it twice. Okay, so 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 if he does, so if Marcus May does do good, and they can't find a way to reach a deal. Do you think that? The, the Jets will either give him a franchise tag, another franchise tag, or next year's draft, they will go a different route and find the guys in safety because I know that next year's draft, they're going to be more focused. Joe Douglas and, 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 Co- and company is probably going to, be going to be more focused on that defense, especially the cornerbacks. Um so what what so if you was Joe Douglas, which route would you take? Um I would say honestly, I said just from a pure business standpoint, I said if if May was to do, you know, exceptional this year and put up, you know, decent numbers and possibly, you know, let's say this the ceiling right now is, you know, putting up Pro Bowl numbers. Mm-hmm. From depending, I guess, how on how the defense actually runs in terms of, you know, how effective each piece is and, you know, you know from, from that aspect, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if they look to move May because of that understanding what they got for Adams, you know, mm. you know, especially mm-hmm. if they're, you know, looking to still build some pieces and get some young guys in and, you know, to just finish off the, the rebuild. Like I wouldn't be surprised if they moved them, especially if any of our um, newly drafted guys or even, you know, free agent guys, because, you know, they're talking very high on, um, on Joyner about his abilities. So, um, you know, based on how those guys do, if, you know, if May outshines them and like I said does Pro Bowl type numbers, like I said I wouldn't be surprised if they if they um if they try to move him to get something similar to um you know what they got for Adams, if not maybe a little bit less. Yeah, so how you feel about that, Krista? Actually that was the same thought that I was having. If you place him on a franchise tag, because I know there's a good chance that Marcus May really did want the contract. And he might not even want the second franchise tag if he knows he could pay, he get paid somewhere else. I think that if there's a chance that uh, he can go potentially somewhere else and the Jets can get a bundle of picks for Marcus May, I think Joe Douglas would probably have to consider it because if you're not going to sign him now and the team's willing to give you picks to rebuild the team, I think there's a chance Joe Douglas might take the option of uh, trading Marcus May, especially if he's mm. uh, very frustrated and you hear his agent talk about 
him leaking out stuff about the Jets and his camp, there's a good chance that the possibility that Marcus May could be traded. That's been in the back of my head as well. Mm. But in another point, let's say that uh, he, like Kyle said, if he excels well in this defense, there's a chance that maybe uh, Joe Douglas reevaluates and say, like, oh, I'd like to keep him here. But I think that if you're Joe Douglas and you want to rebuild the team because you know the Jets still need a – you still need a cornerback, still need a safety, still need another pass rusher, you still need offensive linemen. I think you really have to consider, well, Marcus May is not a premium position, and if I can get assets and move them to a team that and return, I can get draft picks to further rebuild this team. I think that's something Joe Douglas might have to consider as well, especially since how this contract situation is going. It looks like both sides are kind of frustrated. I think – if Marcus May is disgruntled with the franchise tag, you kind of have to look at other avenues if you're not going to pay them either. Yeah, and also I I think, and just in my opinion, it's just that this Marcus May situation was so quiet since maybe before the draft, and he said that Marcus signing Marcus May was a must, and now that we're knowing more about it, it just seems weird that now they both is like uh really separate separated from each other mm-hmm. <laughs> and so yeah. so now what what would the deal if if there's another team that wants Marcus May what do y'all think his deal his um the deal would be to get him as in draft picks um as of as of right now um I don't know, maybe, maybe a second and another late round pick, you know, because I said, though he had, you know, though he had, like I said, for the most part, a productive season and probably had two of the most spectacular interceptions, you know, from last year's um, season, you know, I, I don't think that the market you know, overall will be that high for him because, you know, there are so many other um, safeties that's in the league that people look as, you know, uh, you know, a better, either, you know, a better talent, you know, than me. Right. All right. The same question to you, Kristen. Yeah, to agree with that. I think the fact that he's a free safety and not a strong safety, I think that's probably what affects him the most because strong safety is, they're usually paid more and they have more responsibility when you're a free safety. And even though Marcus May has did play strong safety, eventually had to go back to free safety. I think that what Kyle said pretty much, I think that even though he had uh, two spectacular seasons, I think a lot of teams are also monitoring like, okay, we get a second round pick, but we have to keep in how many years left of Marcus made do good years of Marcus made. Do we potentially have, I know that's controversial what I said before, but I know if you're another team acquiring for an older player, that's something you have to think about as well. So I have to agree right now, probably a second round pick and maybe a conditional later round pick something around there. But I think if Marcus may really, really excels, especially in this defense, I think Maybe his mark, maybe his market might go up, but I think the fact that he's a free safety and he doesn't play a strong safety like Jamal Adams did, I think that's what's really hurting him at this point. Uh, and this very, and this is a very tough situation because 
you know, I remember when when Adams was going around, you know, crying and everything like that. And I was just like, you know, his value is very high. And, you know, a lot of fans was was really egging me on it. And I was like, we I said, Joe Douglas, we need to um, because Joe Douglas is kind of he reminds me of myself a little bit. I just want to say that because when we we can't go for pennies anymore, we need we need we need dollars. You know, mm-hmm. so when I said, yeah, let's get the two first rounders and they was like, you crazy. And then all of a sudden it happened. I just said, see, we, we got to go for dollars. So if Marcus May was to get traded, I think a second round would be would be decent. Um, I think nobody didn't expect to get the deal that that J.D. got for Adams or even Donald, you know, mm-hmm. and and I think that the great the greatest thing is that we have a, a general manager that that knows what knows what he's doing and has a plan, you know, and you could, you could see the difference from Joe Douglas and to Mac, you know, you saw Mac, he was just giving people money. Like, <sighs> like, let's be like, let's be honest here. If, if Mac was still the general manager, do y'all, 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 y'all know that Jamal Adams would have been had his extension overpaid yep. and yep. Marcus May would have got, would have gotten paid as well. Yep. So the whole so the whole thing was that we we needed to transition from general manager and 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 the coach and this is this is a great time to be a Jet fan (laughs) as of right now. Some even some of the Jets the the old Jets fans came back. (laughs) (laughs) So so that was a great feeling. So um, I know training camp is coming is coming is actually right now maybe tomorrow. Um, Krista, how do you feel about the fans coming back to the stadiums and are you going to one of the games? I'm anxious. <laughs> yeah, I'm anxious to be back out there in Florham Park to see the Jets. I definitely plan on going a few. It's tough because I work, but I plan on going uh, going back to Florham Park, cheering on the Jets and seeing how they do. I think mm-hmm. get them in person after missing a year, I think it's great. I think the fans miss seeing the Jets play. I know Last year was a complete disaster with uh, Adam Gaze as coach, but having Salah there, I think we're all excited to see Salah coach. He's just fun to watch. I think at seeing the episodes that the Jets put take flight, I think it's a good uh, it's a good thing to see. I think seeing him in person is going to bring a lot of Jet fans and a lot of joy I just can't wait to be back out there and as far as games I'll be at every single home game at MetLife if it's if you're for playing at MetLife I'll be there watching our Jets losing my lungs at uh MetLife State <laughs> hearing JT right. I can't wait to be back at MetLife can't wait to be cheering on the Jets it's, I feel like the year of COVID's been far too long I feel like I haven't been at MetLife in ages and I just can't wait to uh cheer on our Jets yeah, I think uh Kyle, we supposed to we still on for the uh Tennessee Titan game October third, right? Yeah, I said um we, we should be able to make, as I said say I should be should be able to make that game. Yeah, so yeah, we'll we'll me and Kyle will be uh at the October third game against the Titans. So if you're at that game, we'll it'll be great to um to meet you in person and um and, and for anybody that wants to know um the training camp schedule for the Jets, um the for the for the fans, of course, um, of course that the, uh, the fans could go to Florham Park the thirty first of July, um, August second, the fourth, 
Um, the green and white scrimmage is the seventh, and the ninth, the eleventh, the fourteenth. The scrimmage versus Packers will be the eighteenth and the nineteenth, and then of course they play the Packers on the twenty-first, and then they got the scrimmage versus Eagles the twenty-fourth, the twenty-fifth, and then they play the Eagles on the twenty-seventh. So, um, so how, so how, so how do you feel, Krista, about? Um, the Jets doing the scrimmage games before the regular games with the Packers and Eagles. I like it because it gives uh, Zach Wilson different defenses that he could uh, practice on during these scrimmages. I like that we're practicing with different teams, especially since we have a rookie quarterback that he's getting exposed early to new concepts and different things that might be thrown to him early. I like that we're going against Eagles and the Packers. I always joke that uh, it's only green teams allowed with these scrimmages because we're all green. The Jets are scrimmaging with all teams that are green. I think it's great for Zach Wilson. I think it's great for him to build a connection with Elijah Moore and uh, the other key pieces, Michael Carter, Denzel Mims. See all of them against uh, different defenses, see different looks, see how our offense can uh, do against other defenses, see what we need to do. Against the Eagles, the Packers, I know that uh, there's a connection with Matt LaFleur with the with the Packers. So I, I like that uh, Zach Wilson, since we have a rookie quarterback, getting exposed to different defenses early on before the games because this could help him out before regular games because he's able to see uh, different looks, different things that might be thrown to him before he's actually uh, get to a regular season game. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. Um, you got any questions, Scott? Um, <clears throat> I wanted actually to touch back on uh, the the depth chart because I know you. Oh yeah, spoke, go go right ahead, Chris. I know you spoke um, heavily on you know all the defensive line acquisitions you know that we that we brought in. So mm-hmm. I would say my my question to you is, um, with it being you know so deep in terms of you know personnel, um, who do you think you see as the odd man out from? you know, from that group that uh, we presently have? That's actually really tough. I'm not 100% sure myself because I just lo- I just like the talent that we have at defensive line. I really like Sheldon Rankings. Quinn Williams is obviously going to stay. Carl yeah. Um, It's tough. Yeah, so as I said, we brought in Curry. You know, we brought in, you know, like you said, Lawson. But we still had, you know, guys like Huff and um, Shepard and Farukasi. So, as I said, I was just because we went over the depth chart, um, I think on our last episode, and yes. just looking at that list, it was like at least about ten to maybe eleven guys that you know that we have that you know we now have to make a decision because I'm pretty sure maybe at the max we might carry nine guys. So. Obviously, someone, you know, one or at least one or two guys are uh, not going to make that cut. <laughs> right. Um, and now and now and real quick, I'll give him I'll give him I'll give her the players. Um, Carl Lawson, Ronald Blair, Kyle Phillips, um, Sheldon Rankins, Falukasi, um, Jonathan Marshall, uh, Quentin Williams, John Franklin Myers, of course, Nathan Shepard. Tazel Smart, um, sorry, Tazel Tanzel Smart, excuse me, Vinny Curry, Bryce Huff, Zaniga, uh, Rashid Jr. Um, 
<laughs> it's, yeah. it's a real tough decision because because when me and Kyle did the depth chart, we was like, yeah, that's where we that's where we tough. <laughs> yeah, um, gotta keep the 49ers guy here to show the young guys. I don't think Bryce 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 Hoff isn't gonna get cut. He has potential. John Franklin Myers is a beast. Um, yeah. hate to say it, man. I I maybe Nathan Shepard. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's yeah. That, that could be that could definitely be one. But I think Nathan Shepard would also get fine. Would get him a team too. Like even if not, he'll be on a practice squad. He'll definitely be somewhere. If it's not a practice, if it's not a team, he'll definitely be on someone's practice squad. I don't see him right out of job. It's tough with all these guys. I really like Foley Fulikowski. I think he showed potential. I like Kyle Phillips. I know that was more of a Greg Williams prodigy type guy. But I don't. Yeah. I got to see how he does on this defense. Mm. Potential. I have a question mark. I, but I still think <laughs> this is so. Cool. Yeah, it was a wow. very tough question, right? <laughs> yeah. When I did it last week, I was, I was, me and Kyle was like so confused, and I was just like, uh, uh. Yeah. But, but we finally answered. But we finally had an answer to that question. Um, in the last episode, um, so. Just, just outside of Zach Wilson, Elijah Moore, um, and the and the young guys, um, what three players are are you excited to watch this season, and why? Hmm. Besides the young players, um, I really want to see C.J. Mosley. Honestly, not because I'm not because uh, I'm just an Alabama fan, but he's been out of football for so long and I know he's talked about uh getting back in shape you see him in shape and he was a guy that was uh almost beat the Buffalo Bills team by himself during <laughs> right. the game against uh Adam Gaze so I really I'm really intrigued to see how he does coming back from uh taking a year off from COVID I think he has a lot of proof to Jet fans and uh and to himself too so I'm looking forward to see C.J. Mosley. I think he's a guy that he's very smart. It's not going to be like a Le'Veon Bell type situation, no disrespect to him, but they play two different positions. And I think C.J. Mosley's more, he knows how to, he knows the game and he's a professional and being a linebacker. So I think that uh, it's going to be interesting to see how he does. So I have probably number one for me is C.J. Mosley. Number two, um, I really want to see uh, Sheldon rankings because I think he has a lot, a lot of potential. And he's a guy that no one's really, really talking about. And I think he's an underrated signing. I think he's a guy that's kind of flew under the radar. And he's a guy that could be very, very good on our defensive line. He's a guy that I'm very interested to see how Sally uses him. I think on this defense, he's going to do very, very well. I would probably say him as number two and number three. Um, I, I probably would have to say uh, LaMarcus Joyner because he's a versatile type guy. I think he's another one of those guys that kind of flew under the radar that no one's really talking about as much. I think he's a guy that can play multiple roles. He can play, Safety, he can also fill in at cornerback if needed, especially since we need so much help at cornerback. I think he could fill in that spot as well as safety. I think, yeah, if I had to say, I think those are the three top guys that 
I'm personally looking forward to. All right. That's, that sounds great. Um, Kyle, you have any more questions? Oh, no, that's, uh, I'm good with the question. That's good. All right. Um, final final question before we let you go, Krista. Um, what's your prediction? What's your prediction for Zach Wilson first season as in numbers, touchdowns, uh, I guess completion percentage, touchdowns and interceptions and, and uh throwing yards, passing yards. Oh wow, I'm actually not that good with with stats. Um yeah, like- it's just a prediction, you know. <laughs> um Watching Zach Wilson, I know he's a bit of a gunslinger. I know he likes yes. to throw balls. So I, I do expect a few, uh, quite a few interceptions because he's a rookie and he's learning the system. I know he's going to try to make plays kind of like uh, Sam Donald did, but in totally different ways. I think he's a lot smarter with the football and he's, uh, and he's, no, and he's a lot more athletic than Sam is. So it's probably still like, 12 and I'm going to go with uh go with um this is tough 25 touchdowns and I guess the completion rating would be uh I go like 65 percent I think I know they're gonna do slot I know I'm that's too- interesting yeah, they'll be better than Sam Darnold. <laughs> I just think this offense is more catered to Zach Wilson. I think the fact that he's um, able to use his legs, more versatile, he's a lot more accurate. They have the quick slant routes. He has a lot of good quick 50 slot receivers to get open. You have Michael Carter, you have Ty Johnson, you have Tevin Coleman in the backfield. I think that's really going to help him. And he's going to have a lot better coaching staff and a lot better uh, offensive coordinator coaching them and Salah. So I think it's going to be a lot better year. Yeah. I mean, you know, this is, it's going to be a great season and you know, what, what better way to start the season than to go against Sam Darnold so we can stop this debate, this, the (gasps) Sam versus Zach Wilson debate, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm not going to talk about Sam, if Sam wins, I'll shut my mouth. I'll maybe give him an apology. But <laughs> the Zach Wilson Sam debate could be over <laughs> for now. You know, man, because that's that, that was the at first when Sam got traded. It was, oh my God, the Sam Darnold this, Sam Darnold that. And then it was, oh, we can't get the kid. Oh, we should have got drafted Justin Fields. It was uh and all of that. So hopefully we can we can leave that in the back burner. Um, but thank you so much for joining us, Krista. We really appreciate yes, you. And we, and if so, could you leave, um, you can leave your Twitter name and um, the shows that you host and, and everything like that. So take the floor. Go right ahead. First off, I want to thank you guys for having me on tonight. It was a pleasure talking Jets football with you. As far as, as far as Twitter, you, you all can find me at uh, chr double ista double x three. Twitter never makes it easy for me to just put my name, so unfortunately, that's my Twitter. And uh, you could catch me on Thursdays at Jet Guru, where I talk Jets football with with Dan, and we talk about uh, fo- topics of Jets football. I have. I have a new segment called Krista's Corner where I break down uh, Jets football. And on Friday nights, I 
also do a podcast with a few friends where I where I'm kind of more unfiltered and you kind of get the more unfiltered take of my takes of the Jets and feel free to watch me at Jet Frenzy on Fridays too. Yeah, shout out to Dan because um, I know he joined a couple episodes ago. So shout out to Dan and shout out to Jets Frenzy, um, Chris and Charmin. Um, definitely, um, I, I, I definitely check check y'all out. Um, but other than that, we'll we'll go to a, a quick break and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the show. Let's get into some NFL news. Earlier, Richard Sherman went to jail. Oh man. I guess he I guess he was trying, I guess he tried to break into the in-laws' house. It's just a crazy situation. Got to him run. Um from what we heard from friends, from his friends and all and everything else. Uh, him and his wife going through some things, you know, personal issues and everything like that. It's just crazy. Um Kyle, how how do you feel about that? And is it going to be hard for Richard Sherman to um, sign with the team? Yeah, as far as, like I said, the issue, um, like the personal issue of it, you know, I for me, I, I like to sit back and, and wait to, you know, hear some of the details as they come out, you know, over the, you know, the course of however many days or weeks that, you know, this stuff goes on because, you know, yeah. in the beginning, a lot of media likes to just throw out information as soon as they get it. And they may end up leaving out pieces that can change your whole perspective of how you look at the thing. So from that aspect, like I'm just going to wait to comment and see, you know, what details come out uh, as far as from a football aspect, I know definitely um, this type of press is not going to be, the best for him, but um, I'm not sure how much it's going to affect his overall um, marketability in terms of a team looking to get him because of his reputation. Like this guy, like's been in the league for X amount of years, and you know for the most part he's been an upstanding uh, individual. You know what I mean? Like yeah. on and off the field. So. Um, based on based on that alone, I still think that there were people that would take a chance on him for that specific reason. You know, um, yeah. who, who who those teams would be, I don't know because you know at the end of the day, he's still an older guy. I think he's thirty three, so mm -hmm. I think honestly that will play more of a factor in whether a team pursues him more so than this specific incident depending on what details come out of it yeah it just sucks that we i think we did didn't we say something uh didn't we say his name like last week i think when we was talking about all oh, the episode before i think we was talking about um richard sherman was his own agent and you know he gambled on himself and it and it worked out with the 49ers um i just think that it sucks that, sorry but i think that it sucks that Richard Sherman, you know, is going through this. Um, 
who who knows what's going on with his personal life. Um, he just seems like a, a good guy, you know, fighting for the people and doing this, doing his own thing and had his own, um, I'm going to say agenda for what he wanted to do. And, you know, and I just hope that everything works out and it's not too bad for him, you know, at the end of, at the end of all of it, but you know, so uh, other than that, it's just very, it's just very tough. That's a very tough situation. Um, let's 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 go on to um, the guys that didn't that's not expected to sign. They, uh, they tag other than Marcus May, um, Allen Robinson, um, Brandon Scherf. Uh, this is very it's very tough in, in this world, Kyle, because they seem like they want to play more for the for the tag than than a long term deal and. If they was trying to play for a long-term deal, do you do you see them wanting more money than the tag, or is it about um more on the guaranteed money? Um, as I said, to me, like I said, both of these situations are to me are pretty similar to um you know what you have with, with May. You know, both these guys are on the backside of their 20s, you know, about to be as I said. I think um, Brendan is 29. He'll be 30 in December. So he'll be well into the season when before he turns 30. But with, I think with Robinson and May, those guys will turn 29, you know, early in the season. So, and that's it. You're looking at these guys in terms of trying to get a, a long-term contract. You know, um, I don't see teams uh, looking to do that, especially when, you know, they might have other guys that they're looking to, um, you know, younger guys that they're looking to make contract extensions to, you know, um, like I said, definitely with, with May, because he's a safety, it's a little bit different because of the position, um, you know, but Robinson being pretty much that guy, you know, from the, from the receiving core, you know, I would think there would have been a slight more urgency to to sign him, but as I said, who knows? Uh, you know, based on camp, like what type of uh, what type of uh, connection he's having, either with um, you know uh, Dalton or you know with Fields. You know, maybe they're looking at him and saying, okay, he's obviously he's a you know a good player, but maybe the chemistry is not there, you know, so they're going to wait it out, you know, given he signed, he got his one year and just wait it out to see, you know, what exactly is going to happen during the season to see, okay, well, if he's productive, maybe, you know, we sign him for a, you know, a two year, maybe three year deal, just depending on, you know, the productivity. Yeah. And, you know, I just want to say that, uh it just seems like they more into the guarantees you know and it's like say you get 60 60 million dollar four year deal but you get you're getting 40 million guaranteed like it just seems like it's more on the guarantee you know so especially for crowder though we didn't expect crowder to to take the take the pay cut but he didn't have nothing guaranteed but now he got money guaranteed <laughs> so it just seems like they more on the guarantee side than than on the you know like oh you know we just gonna take the money because if nothing's guaranteed or if they're not reading the contract correctly then uh, it could it 
could get really uh it could get really ugly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So other than that, let's let's move along, man. Um we got the uh NFL's top 10 quarterback coach duo in 2021. Um and it's very, very tough because um when when I when I just showed Kyle, he 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 already he was he was already like, oh no, Jesus for number 10. Number 10 is Jimmy G and Kyle Shanahan. Number nine is Baker Mayfield, Kevin Stefan. Um, sorry, Kevin Stefanski. Ah, Stefanski. Oh my God. Um, eight, Ben Roethlisberger, Mike Tomlin. Seven, Ryan Tannehill, Mike Vrabel. Six, Josh Allen, Sean McDermott. Five, Lamar Jackson, John Harbaugh. Four, Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll. Three. Rogers LaFour, two Mahomes, Reed, one Brady Arians. Um, do you agree with this list and why? Um, like I said, for me, for me, like I said, the one of the question marks like I said is um the whole Jimmy Jimmy G thing and Shanahan. I know they're 10, but <laughs> you know, um I said his name um, slips me right now, but like I don't know if that combination is is um is better than uh, Wentz and Frank Wright in in uh mm. Indy. You know what I mean, especially with um, some of the pieces that they have, you know, like they have a solid offensive line over there or whatever. So, yes. And, you know, knowing the the success he had with Frank Wright. So I I don't know if, you know, I, I would, to me, that would be my number 10 over, you know, Garoppolo and, and Shanahan, even though Kyle Shanahan, you know, from a coaching standpoint might be better, but I just think maybe the combination as they're putting it might be better, you know? Um, other than that, um, like I said the only one I'm I'm kind of questioning, and it's not so much the talent and skill set, but just pretty much what transpired over this this past um, off season. I'm not sure how well this, you know, Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll combination is going to be for this wow. year. You know, especially with um, like I said the way just things went down with the organization and talks of you know, Wilson, you know, circling around about being moved and him not getting the help that he wanted, you know. So to me, that's a that's one that I would say I would have to put an asterisk on to see exactly, you know, what comes of that based on, like I said, based on what happened during the offseason. But yeah. other than that, like, I can't argue, um, can't really argue much of these, uh, these, other, these other picks. Uh, um. If it was up to me, eesh, I might I might replace Jimmy G with Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott, uh, McCarthy. Even though they didn't have that much, you know, time together, it seems like Dak Prescott was coming for a, a career year. Um, even though the defense is crappy. But you know, Dak was doing doing the thing, even though it was the last minutes. But mm-hmm. I just think that you know Dak could 
be an argument for number 10 as well. Um, the only thing, the only thing that I probably would switch, which I which I just told um talked to you about, was Ben Roethlisberger number seven and Tannehill moved to eight. Um if it wasn't for Julio Jones, then I would switch it because Ben Roethlisberger was actually, you know, the, the Steelers' running game was not fantastic. Um, and Ben Roethlisberger had to throw the ball, <laughs> you yeah. know, and he had to make things happen. Even in the uh, the Cleveland game, you, you can see it in the playoff game against Cleveland. The man threw the ball, what, 55 times? <laughs> like that that's like that's crazy even though we thought the game was over ben was trying to make some miracle happen i was like oh man <laughs> but yeah um yeah but other than that yeah then everything else is right i don't think i, I think i'll take jimmy garoppolo out i will either put dak prescott and mccarthy in there or uh even matt ryan because matt ryan is, is still a beast in my opinion yeah. I said the uh, only thing I, I would say with that is because, um, you know, I guess because of Arthur Smith, you know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's how true. well they're going to mesh, you know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Because even because even because because could we argue about Stafford and McVay, even though they haven't, like, even though McVeigh haven't um, coached Stafford yet in the season game and they ain't play a season game, could that be arguable for them to make it the number 10 too? Um, I, I wouldn't have been mad if I saw them at 10, like, cause I would understand. Mm, right. You know, especially based on what McVeigh has, you know, done with, you know, his young talent and now being able to get a, uh, a more than established uh, veteran quarterback, you yes. know, with Stafford there. And, you know, I, I can definitely, I would not have been mad to see them at 10. Like, I wouldn't have argued with it. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't have been mad either. <laughs> um, last topic um, Jalen Ramsey, he said he, uh, later down in his career, he went in mind do a Charles Wilson route, and that is move to safety. Would that be would that be smart for Ramsey to do if he's trying to stay in the league for long? Because we know cornerbacks last a, a good age, and then after that, they either decide to move on or they still play cornerback. Um, but what do you think? What What is your um, take on that? Um, I I would say that it's a it's a smart move. You know, I said he's a you know, he's since being one of the, the bigger size corners, you know, I, mm -hmm. I said, I don't see why he wouldn't, you know, you know, wouldn't be able to make that transition, especially being the type of cover skill guy, you know, that he is, you know, if he can essentially get, you know, maybe another three, four years out of it, like that would, to me, I would say that would, that would be a definitely a smart move on you know, on his side to, you know, make that transition. And the fact that he had someone like we've seen with a, a, you know, a Woodson to, you know, to, I guess, you know, maybe to get some knowledge from to say and, and talk to him about how, how they made the transition, you know? So I think, you know, it's, 
it's in his favor right now, being the caliber of guy he is, you know, caliber of corner that he is to um to do it once you know once that time comes. Yeah, and um, to, the crazy thing is that to me is is that Charles Wilson actually trans transitioned well into the safety, <laughs> and you know for Ramsey because in my opinion Ramsey to me is the number one um cornerback in the league. Um, for him to transition to safety, you know, that, that would be, that would be awesome for him. And also with like, basically if Darrell Revis, do you think Revis could have, could have executed in the safety role? Because remember Revis, Revis didn't want to play safety, but I thought he, he could have did good in that. I don't know. I said possibly because, you know, since Revis was, you know, Revis was a, a, a physical corner. So I said I wouldn't I wouldn't think he would have I don't think he would have been bad at doing it you know what I mean mm-hmm. um and I was uh, I was saying because you, you were saying that you know you're talking about Charles Woodson but my thing was like you could have chilled either or because Rod Woodson mm. did the same conversion so you can pick mm. a Wilson to decide to ask okay well you know how how um how did you or how did they you know look to um transition, you know, from from those roles. Yeah, that's that's just crazy, man. That's that's really crazy, and you're right on that one. I just I just feel I just feel that you know with Jalen Ramsey doing what he's doing, and maybe be a Hall of Famer, um, maybe be a Hall of Famer in the near future. It's just it's just good that he's already you know thinking about it because he's no he knows it's not going to be much time. He's going to be able to keep up with the young guys. You see what's in the league now, nothing but speed. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it's a, it's a while where they say, okay, well, we can't catch up to that guy. Even, even when Revis should have known that he should have maybe played safety and he got burned by, um, who, who was it that he got burned by when he moved 10 yards back against the bills and the dude still oh, burnt him. Oh my God. You know, you know, I, I was on Kyle. I was pissed off. <laughs> I was really pissed off. I'm like, Revis, you moved 10 yards back and you still let him burn you? <laughs> I was like, it's time. Move to safety, man. <laughs> oh man, that was it was very horrible. I don't even want to think about no, I'm 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 not I'm not I'm not even gonna go negative. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it positive, but that's it for our episode. Um make sure you like uh follow us on Twitter at Just Fans Podcast um leave us a rating uh feedback also you can uh access questions for 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 any episode um just related football related um you can also leave us an email at nyjustfanspodcast1 at gmail.com and as always we do this for y'all every week until next week we take a flight take flight <laughs>